Okay, hey everybody, welcome to the Guest Life Podcast, episode 20. We're talking marketing and business development with Christine Leadbetter from the Women's Network. A um, little bit about the Guest Life Podcast, guys. We're now on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Um, we really appreciate everybody tuning in. Again, this is a, a podcast to give back to the you know, the younger generation in the community, um, talking about some local talent as well as, as community leaders, making a difference, making an impact. Um, we're so happy to have Christine here. Thanks so much, Dan. Pleasure <laughs> to be here. Thanks for the invite. Oh, it's absolutely a pleasure. A um, little bit of background on Christine. Um, she is the founder and director of the Women's Network. She is also the TV host and producer of Lead Better with Christine. Christine has over 15 years of experience specializing in marketing, communications, relationship, and business development. Um, you know, if, if you want to talk about someone that doesn't have a couple moments to spare, she's sitting right here. Um, so we're really happy to have her on board, um, share a couple of her stories today, and just showcase some of, you know, how to get started in an industry, um, especially being female and being an entrepreneur and, and just pretty much not saying no to anything. <laughs> that, that is key, yes. Always be saying yes, which is contrary to, you know, good work-life balance, but, you know. I, I always say work-life balance doesn't really exist if you want to excel in anything. Absolutely. I yeah. would agree. So thanks so much, Christine, for being on. Yeah, thanks, Dan. So we're going to get started. Obviously, I've known Christine for years, kind of seen her at Mac and been around, the, the, you know, every event she's always at. Now she's speaking. I'm watching on TV. She's being interviewed. Um, so it's an absolute pleasure for her to be on the, on the show here at the Guest Life Podcast. And I got to throw out, I know Dan from before he had this huge empire. So this is so cool, too. So right back at you. You've done amazing. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, it's great. Um, so the, the Women's Network, it is expanding rapidly. Um, we'll get started there and then we'll get into like how it all became. Um, so tell us a little bit about what is the Women's Network and, and uh, how did it get started? Yeah, well, that's sort of a long story, I guess. And it, like nothing happens overnight, right? The, the short end of it is, so this is something that I did over Christmas, you know, it was a COVID Christmas and I needed to keep myself busy. And I kept hearing from the pandemic that people feel very isolated. So I was like, what can I do? How can I help with this? Um, I'm, I'm good at doing events. I'm good at building connections and relationships. Uh, so I put together the Women's Network. The first event is going to be March 5th. Um, it's the Women's Professional Summit. The topic is, or the theme of the conference is Evolve because that's what we're all kind of experiencing over the last year. And it's a full day conference with different topics, um, speakers. We got over 20 speakers. And then there's the element of networking. So I'm really, obviously, so my, my day job is I work at Gowling WLG as a business development and marketing manager. And my role is primarily about building relationships. So that's a huge component of the conference. So that's, that's the short snippet of it. The long story of it, um, is, you know, this was something that I kind of experienced later in life. So I was not a super confident, uh, 20 something. I wasn't really sure where I was going in my career path. And I started this job at DeGroote and I finally had some people that took, took, uh, an interest in me and it, I had some wonderful, uh, bosses. So for all of you who manage people out there, do not undervalue, um, your ability to influence uh, those beneath you. So, and I want to shout out to Kelly Anderson, Mark Stewart, and the current dean, uh, Len Waverman. They all sort of believed in me, and and I had this idea to start a women's network, and they let me run with it. From so I built the Degroot Women's Professional Network, um, which is still going on, and I still highly recommend their events. And then I started a master's program in communications management from McMaster, and I used that program um, to do a little bit more digging. So I kept hearing about this glass ceiling that women experience. 
So I was like, I want, I want to understand this more and I want to understand what I can do to help, right? So it's seeing a problem and trying to identify how you can fit in there to make a difference. Mm. Um, so my study uh, essentially pointed out some barriers, both visible and invisible, to women achieving leadership roles um, and then little things that we can do to help uh, combat that. And one of those are actually women's networks. Um, they're a great way um, for women to build confidence, um, to build their professional capital, which means their social capital. So their their networking, their connections, access to resources, um, experiences, role models, mentor, all of these components really help excel you in your career. So from that, that's where the Women's Network came into play. Um, I sat on it for two years just because I couldn't think of a great name and I didn't have the confidence actually yeah. to move it forward. And I think it took the pandemic to be like, I kept waiting for someone else to do it. No one else was. So I'm like, all right, I got to step up and I got to get this done. That's and amazing. a heck of a lot of support. I've had so many people support me because um, there were so many days that I just, I didn't know what I was doing or why I was like, you know, if I could pull it off. And so, you know, it's great to have a, a group of people that really you can rely on to pick you up. It's amazing. And I think, you know, self-doubt, we all kind of go and, you know, um, I know a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, feel the imposter syndrome, which is like, am I worthy of doing something like this? Absolutely. Um, and I just, I think it's amazing. And I find sometimes it's those big, you know, moments in life that kind of push you towards those things that you never thought you could do. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I've definitely had those moments. Um, you know, I grew up kind of under a rock a little bit, was, didn't have a lot of experiences. And when I started that job at DeGroot, I got connected to um, professionals. So for those of you out there that, you know, you don't know where to start, start building your network. I highly recommend that. Get exposed to new people, diversity, new ideas and perspectives. And that will sort of, you know, filter through um, and you'll start to identify what you really relate to and what you don't, where you think you can have impact, where you think you your skills excel. Um, so that was huge for me is, is meeting all of these people. They inspired me. They were role models, people I could look up to. And then they would, you know, share little bits of wisdom with me, which I was like a sponge and I absorbed it all. And a lot of this was like it's above and beyond your nine to five. So anybody out there that just wants a nine to five, I mean, good for you. Know your, you know, what makes you happy. But I think to really build and excel, you have to be willing to put in more and you'll get out more too, right? So like I would go to Toronto after work two, three nights a week if I want to go to an event and then I would go and I would network and I would come with my business cards, you know, in my purse and I would just be like going everywhere. <laughs> I would go up to the keynote speakers and talk to them and then I would sell them on coming to the, the women's network to come speak and I just, inside, I was so scared, you know, but you're, it, if I don't try, how will I know if I can't succeed? So. For sure. It's funny because I actually went to your event last year in Burlington yeah, yeah, <laughs> at, yeah. at the women's event. And uh, for me, it was a little intimidating because it was, you know, one of the only male, you know, you attendees were, yeah, there. Yeah. Um, and, and even from a male's perspective to get out of your comfort zone and, and not to put female and male in such a different category. But I find it, at the beginning, it's so challenging when it comes to like, well, how do you build a network? Yeah. And how do you start or how do you learn about that? Um, and I, I was pushed at a, at a younger age to kind of go, you know, ask the question, right? Whether it's in business and you're talking about, you know, getting two accountants opinions or, you know, getting another, you know, banking meeting or getting something set up, right? So a lot of people, um, how do you find kind of making that first step in? Is it just going? Is it finding a friend, like, you know, having a friend, yeah, I think it's all of those things. So first of all, yes, get up and go. 
there's a million excuses to not to go to an yeah. event. If, if we're talking about an event, for example, you know, you're tired, you've got other stuff going on, you're hungry, you don't feel like getting dressed up, whatever. Mm-hmm. If you go, I promise you something good will happen. You will meet at least one person or have one good conversation or experience that made it worth your while. For Every sure. single time, you know, I don't want to go and then I end up going, it's always worked out. Then, you know, at an event, if you're there and you don't know how to work a room, like that's okay. That comes with time. You're just trying to find one person. So again, scale the bar right down. You're looking for one connection. And if you do that next time, you can continue to build on that. In terms of building your network, I mean, you might already have one more than you realize. You've got classmates, you've got colleagues, um, you've got family. And so maybe you just start there and ask them, hey, like, who do you think I should meet with? I want to learn more about X. Or I'm looking to meet someone who's you know, doing great things in the field of X, right? And just start there and you'd be surprised how often people are willing to give their time to talk to you. You know, like it's that mentor mentee type thing. You're laughing over there. Did you not have the same experience? <laughs> no, it's, it's like you're hitting it off to a T. Like it's, um, I find like as, as long as people, especially now I find in, in my role that I get a lot of people coming up to me and I, I do... I used to just give everybody all my time mm-hmm. and now I do a quick check off. So I send them, uh, I send them actually a little goal planning sheet. It's about, it take about half an hour to do. And I say like, you know what, it's, here's the sheet, it's, you know, get it, get it to me by Friday and then we'll go through it. And it's incredible how many people don't go through it that I send it to, but the people that do, they have, they will be forever a friend of mine. Right. And, uh, it's, it's not to put it on a pedestal, but you know, there's no better reward than giving back to someone that, that uses your advice, um, good or bad, right? Like it, it's not that they want to be exactly like you, but taking advice and, or taking the right steps, there's, there's no better um, gift than showing a mentor that you're taking the right steps. Yeah, absolutely. And that was good advice for people who want to be mentors. You can protect your time for sure. And doing a little bit of homework up front always kind of, you know, gets rid of folks that aren't maybe that serious. Yeah. and. You know, as entrepreneurs, like your time is very limited. So um, it's, it is the struggle of the balance. For yeah. Sure. When I find um, one of the, the tools that I used, uh, again, it's sometimes you can't unhear something, but it's uh, it was instead of saying I'm, I'm too busy for that, you say I, I don't feel like that's a priority. Yeah. And as soon as you kind of change that, um, that conversation to yourself of saying like, oh, I'm too busy to go to that event or saying that event's not a priority to me. It's the same aspect, but it's a lot harder to say that networking is not a priority to you than, oh, I'm too tired or, oh, I'm too busy. Yeah. And uh, I find that's a big, uh, yeah, it's a big little internal battle. Because that's essentially what you're picking, right? By saying no to this, you're turning down that opportunity. Um, And while I think there's always new opportunities to be had, opportunities do come and go, right? You have missed an opportunity. For sure. So... That's, it's, uh, it's funny when you talk about entrepreneurs, especially in the networking aspect mm-hmm. and, you know, creating a platform, how do you find, um, people finding their interest in it? Do you find that people are very interested and they're, you know, they're excited to be involved and, um, or do you find a lot of people drop off? Um, are you specifically like talking about the women's network? Yeah. Stuff? Within the women's network. Yeah. I think this is something that a lot of women feel very passionate about. So I think that there, there is, um, interest interest is still growing and building and they like to stay connected and some want to be more meaningfully connected meaning they want to be part of an advisory committee or they want to take on some kind of volunteer role because it's something that's so personal right like it's their career advancement um they care a lot about it i would say so 
I do think once you're connected, you're part of this group, you're part of a community yeah. and that community should, you know, continue to grow and, and build alongside you and your career. Like you may change who you network with or spend as much time with as, as you evolve. Um, but it's something that should take you through your entire career and soon the mentee becomes the mentor and, and things like that. Right. Yeah. So, um, it's supposed to be something that's lifelong, right? It's finding lifelong, um, uh, relationships, like-minded connections, um, and those do change as as you change careers or you know uh, get get more senior. Yeah, and I think priorities are, are going to change and evolve. And I think, I mean, it has for me definitely since I've started my career to now. Um, I mean, I went to every single event that there there was. Yeah, it yeah. was yeah the most uncomfortable things. Like you know, you end up going to the wrong event and you're sitting at a you know, a hearing of, you know, that you don't need to be at, but that at the end of that, you end up, you know, I remember going to one event and it was, um, it was like the, the budget committee or something for the chamber of commerce. And like, <laughs> I didn't need to be there. They were just pretty much like asking for people to vote. You learned maybe that wasn't for you. That wasn't yeah. your alley, which is well, okay. Well, and, and at the end of it though, I spent 15 minutes talking to, uh, the mayor, um, uh, you know, a lead architect in the city. It, it was like, it ended up being in a, the perfect event to go to. So yes, the the hour and a half of my life, I'll never get back. But that fifteen minutes, I couldn't. It was invaluable. Yeah, you make um, good connections. Yeah, and I think um, you, you know you can really, if you're seeking something or you're just going with an open mind, um, and and kind of keeping your expectations low, you always exceed. Yeah, and I think you bring up an interesting point too. Obviously, there's different personalities that come into play here. Um, a lot of introverted people don't feel comfortable going to events. Um, it's a little overwhelming, and it is. Um, I would classify myself as more extroverted, but doesn't mean I don't get overwhelmed. I just, I guess I've done it so many times. You get used to uh, working a room. I'm also in a business development field. So this is kind of, you know, my bread and butter to be able to do this. Um, But it doesn't mean that they're not made for uh, introverts too. So, you know, if you're someone that's more quiet off to the side, you can look still for people that are like you. You don't have to go up to a huge group. You can find just one person hiding out by the coffee station. That could be a really great connection. Or maybe you're just going to go, you're going to kind of like, you know, just be um, on a sideline of a conversation. Maybe you exchange business cards. You can connect with people afterwards. Like LinkedIn is such a powerful tool. Mm -hmm. Um, And ABC, always be connecting. So every event that you go to, every class you take, every person you work with on a project in your company, a client, connect with them immediately on LinkedIn and send them a note about why you know them. Because I promise you in five years, you will forget and you'll need to know. Um... But, you know, you can, you can build those relationships uh, individually, not at the event too, right? So the event just somehow um, just gets you exposed to a lot more people at once. For sure. And you put a, you, you know, you put a face to the name. Uh, I think, you know, some of the events I've been to, I feel before that, the, these names that I heard of these massive people in the city, I just, I never could imagine meeting them shaking their hand or, you know, getting in touch with them or finding out a little bit about them. And at these events when, you know, you have people like you speaking and kind of introducing yourself and and making it a real thing and and tangible, um, that was a massive takeaway for myself and especially allowing it. Yeah. Like I used to, you know, I, I, I would say I'm an extrovert, but I'm very shy in the sense of like, you know, meeting new people and I get a bit overwhelmed. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's an amazing journey for those people that are, you know, looking to get started. You just got to start. Yeah, you do. And also don't be intimidated to go up to a speaker. A speaker's there because they have a message to share and they're passionate about their topic and they're excited. And like the worst feeling for them is like they give their presentation and nobody comes up and talks to them. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, they, they have the imposter syndrome too. They're not immune from it. Yeah. You know, so like go up there, you know, talk to them. They are surprisingly more open um, than you think. Every once in a while you get someone who's, you know, thinks they're larger than life, but you know, maybe it's a good reminder of what you don't want to be. That's okay too. Yeah. And that's a, that is a great point. Um, you know, I've, I've had a lot of mentors in my business career as well as my life. And, you know, you can have mentors for both reasons. Um, you know, mentors that you aspire to be and mentors that you see, you know, tidbits of that you're like, wow, I would never want to act like that. Or, or that's something I would never take away. And I think that's just as important, um, especially as you kind of, you know, climb whatever ladder you're climbing. Um, you know, I would say being humble is a good opportunity, but also like, you know, I always used to say, well, how does no one answer my phone calls? Right. Like, you know, as, as early in my career, I was like, why does no one answer my phone calls? Like I'm trying to give them business or I'm trying to do their work. And, and, uh, and then once I started becoming, you know, very busy in my day to day life, I was like, Oh wow. Now I don't have time. So one of the things I took away was, okay, I don't have time, but I need to make my business available for everybody. So I need to put people in place to answer those phone calls or answer those questions. Can't always be me. There is only 24 hours in a day and I work most of them, but But it's keeping that momentum up to to grow your business. And you brought up a good point too, like for your career trajectory, whether you're an entrepreneur now or a corporate um, worker now, you may change at some point. Like there's a lot of people in corporate roles that over the pandemic were like, yeah, I'm done with this. I'm going to start my own side gig. So there's a lot of change that happens in different stages throughout your life. Mm -hmm. So it's always great to, you know, build your network up for those. And one other thing I was going to mention about LinkedIn don't be afraid to like meet somebody on LinkedIn. And what I mean by that, you know, you can go create people that work at companies under certain uh, roles. It's really easy to search and then like send them a message and ask to connect like over Zoom. It's, you know, a low barrier. They don't have to physically go anywhere. Um, You're not taking them out for coffee or lunch. So if you're, you know, younger in your career and you can't afford it, that's a great way to solve for that and just get 15 minutes of their time. So that's the other thing is don't book hour long meetings with people. Anybody, um, most people, I would say, in, in kind of like the mid to senior level roles don't have time for half an hour or hour long meetings, but 15 minutes, everybody can get you and uh, give you. And then I promise you, if the conversation's going well, they can probably book another follow-up meeting or extend it to 30 minutes. Um, and then on your end, know what you want to talk to them about. Mm-hmm. Be like prepped and ready to know what you want to get out of this person. Um, and then also just be conversational. You're building a relationship. Like don't be so transactional, yeah. right? Um, and same with if you're looking for a job. People do business with people that they like that still, you know, exists. So be someone that people want to hang out with and then it'll open a lot more doors. Yeah, that's fantastic advice. And and again, like, um, yeah, it's, it's, she's hitting it right on the head. (laughs) Take in all this information. Whoever's listening, please. Um, she's, she's very correct in all her statements. I mean, we've used LinkedIn as a weapon, um, that I never knew existed. And also like for, for other entrepreneurs that are, that are in the space that you feel maybe you feel alone in your, in your challenges. Um, one of the tools that we've used on LinkedIn is, is start asking questions, right? We, we do posts all the time asking a question, Hey, what books are you reading? What are your, you know, what are your biggest challenges? What do you guys do for group benefits insurance? Like you'll get some sales pitches, but at the end of the day, like when we were looking for a new marketing company, I put it out there. Um, it was by far the best tool I could have done. I had 17 people come to me instead of me reaching out to, 17 different people. We interviewed 17 marketing companies for our new website launch. And it was amazing to get the feedback. Right. And then also it starts a conversation. So I think, uh, you know, take her advice, please guys. Um, (laughs) she's crushing it on LinkedIn and every other social platform. So, um, yeah, that's amazing. Thank you. Well, I, I am a big believer in LinkedIn for like 
business, right? That is what the platform purpose is. And I think a lot of people, again, are shy. I don't know what to post. I don't have anything to post. And uh, this is what I teach, um, or this is what I try to promote at work. Um, Post once a quarter. That's a pretty low commitment. Once a quarter. And once a quarter, it doesn't even have to be like um, origination of of a post. You can reshare an event that's happening in your community or, you know, with an organization that you enjoy, support, etc. You could reshare someone's article. So it's just like showing that you exist. You're sort of loosely defining here's my interests or my expertise as you build up your confidence and then you can start to maybe share an article with, you know, key thing I learned from this article. Um, but it's very low um, in terms of your commitment and it does a lot for your reputation, you know, and even just once a quarter. I know you hear like, I got to post three times a day. No, you don't. You don't want people to get sick of you also, right? Unless you're like a public speaker or that's really your forte. Just You just want to keep relevant in your business community. And then the algorithm adapts to you as well. So if you start to have um, continuous posts about an industry, so Dan, in your case, if you post about plumbing, um, then you will be matched to more people that are looking for you know, a plumbing company. So um, social media can be really great for helping you find your audiences. Yeah. Um, but you need to have your content kind of going in, in, in that element as well. And then I always say do three things. So, you know, pick two things that are maybe professionally related and then you could have one that's maybe of a social interest. So maybe you um, support animals or, you know, maybe there's some social causes you really care about. Um, that could be another great, great um, subject matter for you for LinkedIn posts. Oh, that's great advice. Yeah. That's awesome, guys. You do, you can be a person um, in business. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think yeah. a lot of people forget that, right? You have to be so on it all the time. Um, you know, I think everything going on with the pandemic, a lot of people are talking about health and mental health um, and, and sharing some of the insights, especially as leaders and people are looking for that. Um, I found it as a great platform, especially um, the Bell Let's Talk Day. That was a great yeah. one to, to get out. And you see all other people's challenges and interests. And, you know, everybody's going through something. Um, and entrepreneurs, for some reason, seem to be, you know, adding things to their plate constantly. Um, can't help it. It's in your blood, right? Yeah. You just can't help it. You thrive on that sort of thing. So how did you realize that you have an initial love for, you know, communication and relationship building and the networking? Like, I know you said you were a little bit, you know, timid to get into it. Yeah. But, you know, you've seemed so natural at it. So where did that passion come from? And I think that part of the key is, is it comes naturally. Like, I feel very comfortable with it. Um, but I would say they always used to say to you, find your passion, you know, and like, what does that mean? <laughs> I hated that question. I didn't understand it. And again, I'm, I'm a bit of a late bloomer. So it took me a little while to find it. So how did, how did I figure it out? Um, and I, I'm also going to say it might change, but right now this is definitely what I'm passionate about. I start, I started taking note of the types of tasks I would take on and the types of projects, events, people that I would gravitate towards, right? Because you want to be around like-minded people. I want to be around this person. Why? What is it about them that um, I admire um, or wish that I had? And not in an unhealthy way, in, in a positive way too. Be careful of that. Um, watch out for Instagram in terms of all of the fake trash that's on there, you know. But but look for real people um, that you admire and that could be a, a good, healthy role model for you. And same with like the projects. So I seem to always navigate towards events, towards um, projects and initiatives that are people oriented, um, that, you know, have a bit of a social cause to them. And just by taking note of that over, over some time, I sort of realized that, yeah, actually I care very deeply about this and I'm good at it. So that, that's the other thing is you also want to like judge, be real with yourself and what's your skill set like? Like, can you actually um, do this job well? A lot of things, of course, you can learn. And, you know, I did go back and I went and got my master's, which I think really, really helped. 
um, help my communication skills, my writing skills. But um, for, the, for the most part, you've got to kind of look at both of those things and, and then talk to people. Like, what do people see in you? And I think that helped too, because people would be like, you're so good at this and you're so good at this. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize that. And part of that is just, it may affect men too, but when you don't have good self-confidence, you don't see the good that you have to offer the world at all. Yeah. And, and one of the, it's a small thing that people are like, oh, you're always so positive and you're always smiling. And, you know, that's actually like a really good trait to be in more of a public facing role. And when you're in a role to like meet with people, it's <laughs> it's a good skill set to be positive and to always be smiling. So things like that, um, it could be really small uh, talents or skill sets that you have, but actually might open a career path um, or an entrepreneurial path for you for as sure. well. So it's, it's doing a lot of introspection um, and reflection and then bouncing it off of people that you trust uh, to try to get some ideas of, hey, what am I good at and what do I like? Um, and then it kind of, it, it honestly does kind of figure it out. Once you put it out there to the universe that I want to figure this out, it will come to you. I promise. It just, sometimes it takes a little bit longer for some than others. Yeah. I'm one of those. <laughs> well, and, and I think that's just, that's fantastic. I mean, uh, I, I think your point on asking others and, and actually like listening, um, becoming a good listener and understanding, okay, yeah, that has been said a couple of times and you know what? I am, you know, proud that I'm always happy. Right. Yeah. I do deal with problems well. Um, and I think if you want to be an entrepreneur, especially if you want to excel, whether it's, you know, your own business or within a company, um, you know, the more problems that you can handle is usually the, the higher level of importance you become um, because they just keep getting higher and higher and higher. Yeah. And don't assume that people like, OK, so, for example, with a women's network, there's lots of other women's networks out there right now. I could easily say, well, I don't need to do this because someone else is already doing it. But you have a unique gift. And you have a unique perspective. You will bring something different to the table than other people. And maybe I try this for a little while. It doesn't work out or it's too much time or who knows. And I pivot to something else. Um, but I still have a different take on things. And I think that's worth trying. And so does, you know, everybody else. Like if there's something that you want to try, try it. You know, <laughs> yeah, like like, sure. they, like a lot of successful people say, fail fast. Then you can move on to the next thing and try that. Like many entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs that um, achieve success, they've, they've, had a whole bunch of businesses before them that were complete and utter failures. Yeah. Um, so nothing wrong with that. I think it's important, right? Like <laughs> the amount of, I could, you know, you, you could write a book on all the failures that we've had. And I think it's just that, yeah, fail fast, which is, you know, understand that it was a failure and, and move forward. Um, you, you know, the Denzel Washington quote was fall forward instead of, you know, always have a fallback plan. Um, but yeah, I think that's fantastic. Like the, uh, the big thing is, I think the takeaway is, do it and try it and sometimes get some insight. I mean, I have a unique um, history in terms of like putting that, you know, that energy out there, which was usually if you have a crazy idea and you tell 10 people and they all think you're crazy or one thinks you're, you know, maybe do it. It usually means do it. <laughs> if one person says do it, yeah. 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 You're not, you're not looking for a consensus most of the time because if you want to make an impact and want to make a change, usually it's something very unique. Um, whether it's, you know, on a personal level or, or at scale. Um, but that's been for me, I remember when I, you know, talked to my, you know, immediate family and friends about opening a company, the, the initial thought was absolutely not Dan. Like you have a good job. What are you doing? You don't know anything about business. Fear. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was like, I'm going to do it anyway. Right. <laughs> like, um, and, and looking back, it wasn't that they were giving me bad advice. They were just concerned. They were just scared. 
um, and, and concerned about me and didn't want me to, I was doing well and they didn't want me to kind of, you know, risk it all. So they were kind of more risk adverse, but I think, uh, you need to find those people in your life that are going to be that number one and, and push you to that, you know, push you to that over, I call them unicorns, but yeah, push you to that limit, but also support you along the way. And I think that's a really good point. Like, you know, your trusted advisor circle, if, if you rely on just friends and family, they have divested interest in you and your time. So while they want you to achieve their dreams, they still want you to be available for dinners, coming up for family, you know, visits or babysitting or whatever the responsibility. So they can't help it. They have some um, biases at play there. So you That's do need point. to expand your network. And, and when you're bouncing ideas off of them, remember that's their perspective. Don't put your life in someone else's hands. They truly don't know. They're not living your life and take ownership over what you want to do. And so what if you fail? Now you might want to measure your risk. Like if you're investing in like some major bank into some project and you know, if it doesn't go well, you might lose it all. You, you might really want to do some strategic thinking and, and planning about if this is a good business venture, but for the most part, be careful who you entrust um, advice uh, to. And, and, you know, again, advice, just advice, filter it out. Keep, keep what makes sense to you. Trust your gut. Yeah. So what, it, in terms of a day-to-day, you've got a lot of things on the go. Let's talk, you know, a lot of, uh, we've got a lot of questions on how do these people manage their day-to-day? Um, and I think that's a, it's a very unique question. And we've had a lot of different answers on the show. But, you know, walk us through what goes through your mind in terms of a planning process for, say, your day, your week, your month. And then also, like, you know, when you were deciding, I know it's a you know, pretty loaded question, but when you were deciding to get started with the Women's Network, what did you, did you do a time management analysis? What did you, I mean, that's a big word, pretty much. Did you see if you could, you know, sleep less? Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, how do you, how do you manage your time? And what are just some of the things that um, you could kind of give to the listeners as, uh, as added bonuses? Whew, that's a long question. Yeah, it's long. Okay. I don't know. So, okay, let me, Time management. I'll talk about the Women's Network and then I'll talk about uh, a little bit broader. So the Women's Network, it's very interesting how it kind of came out of. So at the end of December, um, I was really burnt out. I was exhausted. You know, I'd been working crazy hours um, at my day job. I was feeling really burnt out in general. And I was like, you know, I don't know if I need to have like a mental health break. Like, I don't know. And so I remember I was talking to my coach about it and she's like, yeah, maybe you just need to relax over the holidays. I'm like, yeah, I got to relax. Okay. Okay. (laughs) And then I had a few more conversations that week with, um, some of my role models and mentors and I was talking to them about them and I, and I brought up the women's network. I'm like, oh yeah, the women's network. I still want to do that. And then it was like flip of the switch overnight. I'm like, yep, I'm doing it. I started building the website, building the social media channels. Um, by the end of December, I had my business plan. Um, up and ready to go. And I was starting to book speakers um, and outreach for sponsors. And I was going to do this event pretty much in two months. Um, and I, it, it's coming up March 5th and hopefully everything will be fine. It's, it's coming together. But you know what? Once you put something out there and you decide that you're going to do it and you're committed to it, you will find the time. And then I felt like, why was I so tired in December? Sometimes you have to mix some passion projects into, you know, some of the other work that you have going on to kind of reinvigorate you. And that's kind of what I did. Um, in terms of a timeline, this is not a great piece of advice, but I know that I can do anything. I've, I've really built that confidence up in me. Like if I set my mind to it, I can pull it off. Sometimes at the expense of my sanity, <laughs> you know, like I am going full force, but I also know that's the way I 
best function and operate. I thrive when I have a million one things to do. You know what they say, like give something to a busy person and it will get done. That's definitely me. I also know at the end of a hard push, I crash for like two weeks and I need a two week break and I need to get away. Um, and then I come back and I want to hit it super hard. And that's kind of the cycle of how I operate. That works really well for me. So me packing this on, um, it was actually really healthy for me. And now I wake up with a spring in my step and I'm excited to get started and I'm working until midnight every night. And you know, it's crazy, but there's not really a lot going on these days. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a lot of social engagements to keep up with. So I also did factor that into my time management of like, what do I have going on? What would I be sacrificing? Yeah. Well, we're in a lockdown, so I can't see my friends or family anyways. I'm like, I'm not great at sitting in front of the TV for hours on end. I need to do something. Yeah. Um, so anyways, th that's kind of how that works for me. That definitely advice would not work for everybody, but some people might be able to relate to that. When you have passion driving your time, we talked about this earlier, yeah. um, it doesn't feel like work. And I truly love it. And my heart is in it. Um, so it really just gives me something to do. In terms of like my life and how I structure my time. So I work in a very busy job. I work at a law firm. It's very busy there. They work crazy hours. The expectation is that you're going to put in a lot of hours a week my personality goes with that. So I'm okay to commit X amount of time to my job every week. And then outside of that, I look at what do I want to accomplish professionally this year? So I'm a big goal planner. So I'm, I love, you know, New Year's resolutions and I plot out my year and I plot it down to quarters. That's something I've newly developed. I'm like, okay, Q1, Q2, three, four. Like what, what do I want to get done so that I'm moving, um, my big goals along. So I wanted to operate the or run the women's network. So what did I need to do? I need to have one event in Q1. Um, the TV show was the thing that I, I did last year and I wanted to keep moving that forward. I'm also TAing. I'm in the middle of selling my house. Like <laughs> I have a million things on the go right now, but I, again, I function really well. And yeah. that's because in Q2, I hope to buy a new house, um, you know, with my partner, my fiance. So really excited about that. But like, I find if I structure in goals, it helps me move them forward. And then I design my days, weeks around them. I'm definitely someone who does their to-do list every Friday. I don't mind working on the weekends. And most often I do um, between all these different projects. And hopefully this doesn't sound overwhelming to those that are listening. I love this. You know, I love all these projects. These are things I want to do. These aren't, you know, things on my plate that I'm not very interested in. These are things that, these are goals that I have that are really important to me. So it's easy to spend the time on them. You know, it gets more difficult once the, you know, restaurants and bars open back up and you got to fit time in for all those activities. But you know what? If it's important to you, you'll get it done and you'll make time for it. Some weeks you're working a little bit more. Other weeks you're relaxing and being a little bit more social. For sure. I think it's just, um, again, guys, like anybody listening in, just showcasing the passion that Christine obviously has for, you know, her personal growth as well as other people's growth. Like, you know, peer mentorship is just such an incredible feeling. And anybody that's done it in the past or, you know, whether it's coaching a sports team or, you know, another entrepreneur or someone in the office or, you know, wherever you are, someone in the field, um, it's a great feeling to kind of grow and grow together. And I think, you know, Christine's a great example of that. If I can share where that comes from a little bit, Again, I grew up under a rock. I didn't have a lot of network or exposure to like the business world. So later in life when I discovered, hey, you can run to be the mayor. You can be a CEO. You can go and get your master's. Like these were concepts that I didn't relate to um, when I was younger and only in my late 20s that I really got to understand. 
I've become this sponge. We have so much opportunity and I don't want to waste it because I, the first 25 years of my life, I, I didn't know these things were tangibly available to me. So once I discovered that they are, and like we're very lucky to live in Canada, um, Hamilton's a great city, there's so many different industries here, you can grab a piece of that and be a part of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Figure out what chunk you want and go after it and get it. Like how lucky are we? We're in the 1% yeah. um, that can do that. And, and that's something I don't take for granted. And that's probably a big driver for me, knowing that, hey, I can if I'm willing. So. It's amazing. Such good advice. Um, I'm just, I'm fired up. I want to get, I just want to get to work right now. Uh, um, so guys, uh, Christine's obviously got her event. Um, it's coming up. It's going to be an amazing there. I'm going to be, um, definitely attending. Um, and just kind of the events going forward, I think, you know, giving back to, to an industry, with a community, you know, uh, you know, normally we talk about what are you doing in the community? I, I think we covered that. <laughs> um, but yeah, Christine is, is just one of a kind. And I think um, just a true inspiration to, to anyone um, and definitely to, to a lot of the young entrepreneurs in Hamilton, uh, male or female, in terms of what you can accomplish if you put your mind to it. And then a couple of takeaways from today, guys, is, is find your passion. Find something that you love getting up for. I mean, you know, everybody has that challenge. Maybe I don't like getting out of bed, but it's once you're up, what's that feeling? What's that motivator? Um, you know, we all have challenging days, but we want to talk about and get our minds thinking about what drives us, what's our long-term goals, um, and, and how do we get there? Um, and if we don't have them, start asking other people, what are your goals? I mean, I, I, I was terrible at goal planning and goal setting. Absolutely horrible. I didn't have any um, until I was, you know, I was started talking to other people. So what do you do? Right. And I think, uh, you know, Christine would be a great example of, of what to do. Well, and fill your buckets, right? It don't always have to be work-based. They can be passion, interest, family, friends, travel. Like you've got all these buckets in life. And Susan Jeffers has a great book, um, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyways. Okay. Um, and I highly recommend that just even from a goal standing, a goal perspective. And if you kind of look at all the different facets of your life, what do you want to do in all of them, right? It's um, amazing. Well, guys, this has been episode 20 of the Guest Life Podcast. Um, all Christine's social media stuff will be online on in the bio. Um, Christine, thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, thanks so much, Dan. I appreciate it. It's, uh, it's an honor to have you know, such amazing talent to come on, um, especially local talent. And we want to always ask that question, guys. Why not me? Why not now? And think about that a little bit deeper and, and ask yourself those questions. Why wait? Why six months? Why a year from now? you know, make that first step. So um, you'll be able to get in touch with Christine. If you guys have an opportunity, like and share us on YouTube, uh, Facebook, Instagram, all the different platforms. We're really trying to, to grow our, our following and our network. And, um, you know, local talent like Christine is just, you know, one of the many showcases um, of what is possible. So thank you so much. Thanks, Dan. <laughs> okay. You killed it. Thanks.